Welcome. We are so glad you've joined us today. Are you ready for another Bayside Christian Church podcast? Let's get straight into it. The title of my message, Always Have Extra Oil. Always Have Extra Oil. Don't just have enough. Sometimes as, as spirit-filled men and women, we think, well, I've got the oil of the Spirit. I've got His presence. And, and we have enough. But God says, always have extra. Don't just settle for enough to get you through this week. Don't just settle for enough to get you through the challenges or the, or the responsibilities of your work or your life or your ministry. God says, hey, have extra. Always have extra in our lives. So Matthew 25, 1 says, At the time my coming draws near, this is Jesus speaking, Heaven's kingdom realm can be compared to ten maidens who took their oil lamps and went outside to meet the bridegroom and his bride. Five of them were foolish and ill-prepared, for they took no extra oil for their lamps. You think, well, hold on, they had enough of oil. They thought they had enough, but they didn't have extra. Five of them were wise and sensible, for they took flasks of olive oil with their lamps. So the lamp would have sort of a container at the bottom with oil in it and that's what the wick would be in and it would keep burning and might burn for so many hours with the oil in that lamp. But the wise ones, they took a few extra flasks of oil along or a big bottle or container. I don't know what they kept it in, but they carried a few spare ones. Like when you go on a hiking trip, you have one bottle of water, but it's better to take a spare one in case it takes longer than you think or you need some to share with others. And so five of them were wise and it says those who just took enough were called foolish. Wow. It says, When the bridegroom didn't come when they expected, they all grew drowsy and fell asleep. Wow. That's a challenge because sometimes our prayers don't get answered when we think they should. Or God doesn't appear to come through as quick as we think he should. What do we do in the waiting time? And this is the challenge. They actually fell asleep. Then suddenly... In the middle of the night, they were awakened by the shout, Get up! The bridegroom is here. Come out and have an encounter with him. Wow, wow, wow. I've never seen that before. It says, come out and have an encounter with him. That's why we have an encounter culture in our church. That's why we worship passionately. That's why we preach with faith. That's why we love one another and pray for one another. Because our goal is to have encounters with Jesus every day. Not just one that happened weeks or months ago, but every day. It says, come on out, get up, get out of your sleep and have an encounter with Jesus. Our word of God says there. So all the girls got up and trimmed their lamps. So after a lamp was burning for a while, you've got to trim sort of the top of the wick so it can burn brighter. Otherwise it gets soot and ash build up there. Some of you look at me saying, I've got no idea what you're talking about. Some of you have been on camping trips. I was brought up on a farm out in the bush And we didn't get electricity at our place until I was 11 years old. So the first 11 years of my life, I lived by lamps to do my reading and my my, uh, homework and everything. So I understood what this was about. My parents lived like that all their life. And so we understood the power of trimming. And we had a fridge that had a light burning and it burnt kerosene. I'd never ever understood how you could have a light burning and it makes things cold. But... That, it had a flame and it made things cold. Still a mystery to me how kerosene fridges work, but they did. So I understood the power that every uh, so often you'd have to trim and clean uh, the soot off that uh, wick. So they got up, trimmed their lamps, but the foolish ones were running out of oil. So they said to the five wise ones, 
Share your oil with us because our lamps are going out. We can't, they replied. We don't have enough for all of us. You'll have to go and buy some for yourselves. While the five girls were out buying oil, the bridegroom appeared. Those who were ready and waiting were escorted inside with him and the wedding party with the wedding party to enjoy the feast. And then the door was locked. Later the five foolish girls came running up to the door and pleaded, Let us come in. But he could he called back, Go away. Do I know you? I can assure you I don't even know you. That is the reason you should always stay awake and be alert because you don't know the day or hour when the bridegroom will appear. Now this is speaking about the second coming of Jesus, but there's a powerful truth in this parable that are you ready and listening whenever Jesus says, come on, I want to have an encounter with you. Is your ear open to hear when the Holy Spirit's wanting to speak to you while we're in the middle of our worship? While you pick up your Bible and you're doing your devotions or you're driving to work and you've got your iPod happening and you're hearing the word of the Lord being read, are you, is your ear really open to hear or is it blocked up or we're preoccupied or too busy? Wow, get up. Come and have an encounter with me. What a beautiful invitation. The Spirit and the Bride say, come. And we live in such a world where there's so much noise, so many voices, so much going on. But the Spirit of the Lord is calling us to come and listen, have a fresh encounter with Him every day, often in our souls. But if we don't have enough oil in the lamp, we'll be going off doing things because we don't have anything spare. We'll have to do the essentials of life. But these women had, five of them had extra oil. So they were ready and they could hang out and go in and meet with the Lord. But if we don't have enough oil, and those of you who have been in church life for a while, you know oil speaks of the anointing of the Holy Spirit. It speaks about his manifest presence where he comes into our hearts and our lives. I believe God wants us to always carry extra oil in our souls For the times when you have to wait, for the unexpected delays or setbacks to your plans or what you think God's going to do. You ever notice there's always setbacks, there's delays? You think it's going to be, if you ever built a house, you know, well, it's going to happen tomorrow, but it sometimes takes a lot longer. And uh, if you ever wanted to get your computer fixed, that's going to take a lot longer, you know? And, uh, And so there are a lot of things in life that take longer than we think. But don't get discouraged or impatient. Just keep your, your heart full of his presence and you'll be able to have encounters with him all along the journey. And I really believe that God's saying, hey, have extra oil. You have to carry and get your own anointing. There's an interesting, powerful story here. We can bless one another by encouragement, by prayer, by impartation, by all those things. But I've learned that only keeps you going for a little while. You've actually got to dig your well and pray and get your own oil. You've got to pray. You can come on Sunday and get caught up in this amazing atmosphere of music and worship and praise and celebration and clapping and dancing. And you can go, whoa, that was awesome. But if you don't press in yourself and let the worship come from your heart, by about Wednesday you've lost the overflow of that. Sometimes by Monday morning when you're driving to work or heading to school, the first lesson, they go, oh, no. Because you haven't dug the well or carried some extra oil yourself. 
And so it's so easy. We need to support and encourage one another. But I've learned you've got to dig the well. You've got to learn to press into God. You've got to learn to listen to His voice. Get your ear open so you're hearing the Word of the Lord yourself and that's what will carry and fill your life. I've seen way too many Christians try to rely on someone else on a Sunday to preach, to take you on, to, to carry you on. And yes, we get encouraged. I love it. But we need to make sure we carry extra oil for the delays, for the disappointments, for the setbacks, for the discouragements that may come in our journey. And the girls plea says, share some. They said, if we give you, we don't have a lot. If we give you that, we're not going to have enough to get through. You've got to find your own oil. You've got to reach out to God yourself. You've got to pray and say, Lord, teach me your ways. We learn from others. We grow in our journey of faith. And that's the power of the body of Christ. But you have got to press in yourself. You've got to learn that God can speak to your heart. You've got to learn to know that the Word of God, when you open it, He can break it open for you every day. He can speak His truth to your heart. We need to redig the wells of the Spirit. There's stories where sometimes you've had an open well with the presence of God and you hear from God and then things get tough and you get overwhelmed and swamped by difficulties, financial pressure, relationships not working out and you just start to get tuned out from the Spirit of God. Sometimes you've got to dig out the well. You've got to redig and get the rubbish out. Get the temptations, maybe the sin that's built up, maybe the, the words that have started to overwhelm your soul you've got to start to get that stuff out confess your sin forgive get rid of that chunk so that you can hear and rivers of living water can come out of your soul again the old wells they had to clean them out every so often because the sides would fall in or rocks or roots would come in and my dad actually used to dig, dig wells when he was a young guy he would actually get down and dig wells down to uh, 30 or 40 metres deep. And the water would come to get out before you got drowned in them. But uh, every few years, we had an old well on our property. And every few years, you'd have to go and go down on a rope. And you'd have to make sure the sides were still shored up. And roots and rocks and rubble hadn't got down there and closed off the spring that fed that well. And that's what our spirits and souls are like. Every now and then... The Spirit of God will challenge you just to clean out the well. How's the river flowing? How's the spring flowing? And you know whether it's flowing or not. You get into worship and you just don't feel anything and you think, oh boy, this is a bit not really happening. Sometimes because your well is blocked up or your ears aren't hearing what the Spirit of God's saying. I want to encourage you. Make sure you learn how to dig the well of your soul. Pray in the Spirit. Get into the Word of God and let that living water flow out of your soul. There's another story I want to tie in with that. 2 Kings chapter 4, verses 1 to 7 in the message. One day, the wife of a man from the guild of prophets called to God. And now the man to whom he was in debt is on his way to collect my, by taking my two children as slaves or workers. Back then, that's how they would pay their debts. They'd sell basically their kids for a year to, to, to work and pay back the debt. These would have been young men to work maybe on his farm and pay back the debt. Elijah said, I wonder how I can help, be of help. Tell me, what do you have in your house? God will always ask us, what do you got in your life? What do you got in your hand? What do you got in your house? The lady, she was so discouraged, had just about given up thinking, I, I don't know how to do this anymore. Nothing, she said. Well, 
I do have a little olive oil. And olive oil, oil was olive oil, which they used for cooking. It was uh, a really uh, important thing. Like a lot of Middle Eastern cultures today, everything revolves around olive oil. They, they sprinkle it on their salads. They, they do all sorts of stuff. And it's a very, it was essential for their lives was olive oil. So I don't think I got anything. Oh, hold on. I got a tiny bit of olive oil left in the bottom of the jar. Here's what you do, said Elisha. Go up and down the street and borrow jugs and bowls from all your neighbours. And not just a few. Go and get all you can get. Then come home, lock the door behind you, you and your sons. Pour oil into each container when each is full. Set it aside. She did what he said. She locked the door behind her and her sons. And as they brought the containers to her, she filled them. When all the jugs and bowls were full, she said to one of her sons, another jug, please. He said, that's it. There are no more jugs. Then the oil stopped flowing. Now put yourself in this picture. You're in trouble. You're in debt. And so you and your sons are going down the street saying, hey, can we have borrow your jugs and all your containers? Give us your Tupperware. Give us your glass bowls. Give us your, your metal container. Anything you can find. And they're saying, what do you want it for? Oh, I just need them. You know, you can imagine the discussions that went on. They were thinking, you've gone crazy. I know you're in trouble with, in debt, but what on earth's going on? Are you going to sell them? No, no, I'm not going to sell them. You'll get them back to go and borrow more. So they're going door knocking down the street getting every spare container they can find. They, what are you going to put in? Oh, we'll put something in them. Add this little bit of oil. Can you imagine the faith that they had to exercise all the way down the street? All the questions, trying to understand this faith journey. It's like sometimes when you step out in faith, people ask, well, how's it going to work out? Well, we prayed and I know God's going to answer. That doesn't make a lot of sense to some people, does it? But when God's given you a word, you believe. And so they went up and down the street and they got all these containers. Then he said, go inside and lock the doors. They didn't want to have people laughing and ridiculing them as they were about to take this incredible step of faith. And their minds saying, well, hold on. With that much oil, how's this going to work? But the man of God said, the word of God said, get them and then start pouring. And you know the story here. As they started to pour, it kept multiplying. And they started, they might have had dozens, maybe hundreds. They started pouring, they filled up everyone. And then when they ran out of vessels, the oil stopped flowing. What an amazing miracle this is. True story. Once again, the oil speaks about the anointing of the Holy Spirit. The prophet said, she went and told the story to the man of God. He said, go and sell the oil and make good on your debts. Live, both you and your sons, on what's left. Olive oil was very valuable. So they got so much to sell it all, paid off all their debts so their sons didn't have to go and work for someone else and leave home. And then God left them with enough to live on probably for the next few years. How good is our God? How amazing is our God? And let me tell you, when you have the anointing of the Holy Spirit in your life, sometimes you'll feel like that lady, I got nothing. But let me tell you, if you've got the anointing of the presence of God in your life, you've got everything. You've got everything you're going to need because it's going to unlock the provision. It's going to unlock wisdom. It's going to, you've got the anointing and the word of the Lord and the Holy Spirit flowing in your life. Let me tell you, you've got everything you need. 
The world will say, where are you going to get the money? Well, God's given us a word. Where are you going to get the uh, understanding how to do that? Well, God's given me wisdom, so he's going to help me to know how to do that. And I believe when you've got the flow of the presence of God, the anointing of your soul, it will be more than enough for everything you need because it will cause you to to have a, a heart full of faith. You'll know freedom in your life. You won't be stepping back because of fear. You won't be holding back because of anxiety or or how am I going to do this? Because the Spirit of God within you will give you courage to keep on going. He'll give you faith to keep on going down the street and getting more vessels. Now the vessels, what do they represent? People. Some of you look at me and saying, well, how did you get that? How did you draw that line? 2 Corinthians 4, 6 says, For God, who said, Let brilliant light shine out of darkness, is the one who has cascaded his light into us. The brilliant dawning light of the glorious knowledge of God as we gaze into the face of Jesus Christ. Verse 7, We are like common clay jars that carry this glorious treasure within so that the extraordinary overflow of power will be seen as God's and not ours. Though we experience every kind of pressure, we're not crushed. At times we don't know what to do, but quitting is not an option. Hallelujah. When you've got the anointing flowing in your life, you can't quit. Because God's inside and His supernatural power is there. And He will find a way. If you keep leaning into Him and listening and obeying and filling up the vessels... The good news in the New Testament, I believe, is a bit of a different <coughs> story than the old. That if we keep pouring what we have of love, of truth, and of treasure and life into other people's lives, the oil will keep flowing. I've noticed when moves of God happen, they only stop when new people stop coming in. Stop inviting people, the healing power decreases because you guys are all healed. You don't need it. The healing oil for freedom from addiction and strongholds slows down and stops when there's no one else there needing that. But God turns the tap on again as soon as someone here that needs it. As soon as someone needs faith or forgiveness or hope or deliverance from strongholds and addictions and pain and and all that. As soon as there's people in the house, God keeps turning on the tap and lets it flow through you and I. Straight from his heart, by his spirit, and he flows through you and I. How awesome is that? So wherever you are in life, you carry this treasure of Christ inside of us. Ordinary. He was, he was referring to the people of uh, Bible times, New Testament times. They didn't have banks like we have, not the same as. They didn't have um, safe deposit boxes and things like that. So that if they had valuable jewels or rings or even some coins... They'd have a whole pile of jars on their shelves and around and some would have water in them, some would have flour, some would have other cooking ingredients, olive oil. And so what people would do, they would just put their jewels or their values in one of those jars, which might be 50 of them in the house. And so if someone came to rob it, they'd have to go and turn up every one and go through every jar that might have wheat in it and, and grain and it would be at the bottom of your jewels. So that's what they did. So he's referring, we have this treasure, this valuable thing in an earthen clay pot. And that's what he was looking at as he was writing that picture. And so you and I can look just like ordinary people 
but inside we carry this incredible treasure, which is Jesus Christ. Incredible, beautiful, flowing river of life, which is the Holy Spirit's life and power. We carry it, and whenever we speak, it flows out of us. Whenever we just do kind deeds, there's living water flowing out of us, and it touches people. And they say, why are you being so kind? Say, well, I just love Jesus and I love people. Then you walk on, you don't have to preach them a sermon, just sow a seed. And what do you mean? If they ask that again, then you, then you connect. And I believe that we have this beautiful treasure in earthen vessels. And I, I just can't get that point, past that point. The oil stopped flowing when they ran out of vessels. As long as we've got people that need Jesus coming into our church, you invite them, you bring them. They're hungry, they're searching for answers. As long as you're connecting with people in your workplace, in your neighborhood, you've got something of life that people are looking for. They don't always know they're looking for it, but many people start to find out the truth. They're searching, they'll feel something around you. And I'll never forget the story, I've shared this a few years ago, but some of you haven't heard this story. We went to Planet Shakers about four years ago in Melbourne, before they came to Brisbane. And we were flying back from, from uh, Planet Shakers. And we flew from Melbourne to Brisbane. Then we had to get on the small Qantas Link plane. And for some reason, Marilyn and I were travelling, but we ended up in separate seats. I ended up in a seat about the middle, and Marilyn ended up in the back seat beside the... T- I don't know how that happened. So <laughs> it's only a 45-minute tr- trip. But we, they couldn't put us together because there, it was must have been a full plane. And so I sat down and waved to Marilyn down the back, and she was sort of squeezing in the back seat down there. And this came and sat beside me and then we just had a very brief conversation about, you know, do you live in Harvey Bay and whatever, where you been? And uh, she said, no, I live in Sydney but I'm coming up for a couple of weeks holiday. My parents have got a home, a bit of work and a bit of a holiday and we we're chatting and she says, what do you do? I said, well, I'm, I'm coming back from a conference in, in Melbourne and coming back to Harvey Bay. I didn't tell I was a pastor at that stage. And she said, what sort of conference was it? I said, well, it's actually a Christian conference. So our conversation went back and forth, and she kept coming and asking more questions all the time. And I was sort of a bit cautious, didn't know who she was. And she said, well, what do you do? I said, well, I'm actually a pastor at church. She said, really? What sort of church is it? And she's from Sydney, so I'm thinking, well, and she obviously didn't go to church. So I thought, well, have you ever heard of Hillsong Church? I said, we're a bit like that. She says, Really? I live around the corner from Hillsong. I've seen tens of thousands of people come there every week for years, wondering why is everyone going to this church? She lived at the, the front door. They were on the street where everyone came through and the police were there directed traffic. And she says, why do they all go? What do they do there? I thought, well, I can't hold back now. So I'm sharing the gospel with her as nice as I can without sort of scaring her off. And we, she kept coming back in, in and out of the conversation until we got to... Harvey Bay gave him a card and said, if you want to come to church, you're welcome to. Anyway, that was on a Saturday evening. We're flying back. Six days later on the Friday afternoon, she rings me and says, I can't even remember her name now because it's quite a few years ago. And she, she said, remember me? I was on the plane. I said, yeah. She says, can I come and see you? I said, sure. I had about half hour spare. She was riding in the Esplanade. She came in and she walked in the door and she just burst out crying. I said, are you okay? She says, no, I'm not. I said, have a seat. I said, do you want to tell me your story? She said, yeah, I do. She said, when I got on that plane the other day, I didn't tell you, but my husband, we've been married 27 years, he threw the wedding ring on the table and said, it's over. 
just before she left to fly up. And she said, we've had a happy home. We've got a lovely big home, a business, international business. Kids have grown up, but he just doesn't want marriage anymore. And I'm just, I'm just so depressed. I've been depressed for a year because it's been leading to... She was just so overwhelmed. And then she said, and I said to her, have you ever had any Christian background? She says, not really, but I went to a church school when I was in Sydney, in Western Sydney. It was a Uniting Church School. And we did prayers and chapel services, but it never meant anything to me. But one night when I was 15, I walked outside and looked up at the stars and said, God, if you're real, please show me. And she said, this beautiful feeling of love and warmth came all over me. But she said, I was a teenager. My parents weren't believers, so I didn't tell anyone in case they thought I was silly. She's now... In her 50s, she said, when I sat on the plane the other day, the same thing came over me for the first time in 40 years. Yeah. And she was just crying her eyes out. And she said, I actually came to your service on Sunday. I didn't see her. She slipped in the back and left. And she said, I actually, Wednesday night, she slipped in while Pastor Aben was here four years ago and heard him. So I heard that Indian guy speak on Sunday, Tuesday night. I didn't see her come into either of those meetings. She must have slipped in and out. And I realized that the Spirit of God was drawing her. So I said, would you really like to know this amazing? And she said, the third time I felt that was when I walked into your church, she told me on the Sunday. So I felt it when I was 15. I felt it on the plane when you sat beside me. I felt it as soon as I walked through the doors of your church. And I knew that she was ready, so I explained salvation, led her to Jesus and gave her a Bible and a 40 Days of Purpose book. And she was just so impacted. She, she was here for a couple of weeks and then I put her in contact with Hillsong Church and eventually we lost track of her. Hopefully she's gone on for Jesus because she was so... But it, it really stirred my heart and thought, we carry this treasure in earthen vessels. I didn't feel anything supernatural going on, but she did. So we carry living water. You carry hope in your soul. You might think people around you aren't interested in Jesus or they're, they're not really aware of what's going on. Don't hide your light, but don't beat them over the head. Persuade them to be a Christian too quickly. But when the presence of God's flowing, she was desperate. And I thought, Lord, you're so amazing. I was so amazed myself. I thought, God, that was just so precious stirred my heart once again to realize hey we carry this treasure this living water this hope is ours and sometimes it will just overflow you and grab people's attention like you can't believe you're teaching in a school and some kids are just so impacted because you've sowed a seed or prayed a, prayed a prayer of faith and so many things so that anointing flows and I want to wrap it up tonight and say hey don't underestimate oil of Jesus inside of you the enemy will try and make you think well you're not really good you can't get up here and preach like this or I don't have any of those supernatural stories like that they don't happen every day to me either but every now and then they do because I've just decided to let the flow and sometimes he'll nudge you like I shared this morning to go and pray for a federal politician in the airport here years ago because he could hardly walk with a really crooked back and next time I saw him weeks later he says yeah it got really well next day I was able to do all my stuff and he could hardly walk on the Monday the Sunday night so God will do things through your words of hope if you realize that you've got this treasure of Jesus inside 
And the more you praise, the more you worship, the more you pray, the more you obey the Lord, the greater will be the flow. And Jesus will bring people around you. Because the five weren't ready. They were ill prepared. When I got to know Jesus, whenever I used to go to a party or a summer event, a wedding, I used to say, Holy Spirit, there must be someone here that needs to meet you tonight. I used to just go with that prayer. And every time I went with that prayer, I always met someone before the night was over. There was a backslidden Christian that was ready to come back to Jesus or someone who was ready to get saved or they were in a broken situation and they needed hope. Every time it happened when I just prayed that prayer, it went on for several years. So whenever I, and even now, whenever I go to an event where I know there's lots of non-Christians, I say, who here is ready to get closer to you? They don't always come to Jesus, but they come closer. And several years ago at the Chamber of Commerce, there was this lovely old businessman in his 70s, well known in this town. He used to come and sit beside me at the Chamber of Commerce and one day he says, I like sitting beside you because I just feel so positive when I'm around you. <laughs> he wasn't a Christian. So after he, and then one day I had to say a prayer at the Chamber of Commerce because sadly one of the members had passed away suddenly and they asked me to say a prayer and he, he grabbed me and says, that was so good. We should do this more often at the Chamber of Commerce. And I realized his heart was open to the kingdom. So I said, why don't you come along to church one time? So one night he came and it was one of our nights where we had unplugged worship and we we're all sitting around the middle and, and it was just a night where he was just blowing away. I said, okay. So he came back again a couple of weeks later and heard me preach one night and he put his hand up and came out and gave his heart to Jesus. And one of the guys here has kept contact with him. I see him still regularly. He knows Jesus. He doesn't regularly worship. He's an older man, but a lovely guy. And I thought, Lord, thanks for reminding me that this treasure is inside of us. I didn't preach to him, but I invited him to come into this atmosphere. And as soon as he came, he felt the presence of Jesus. I want to encourage you to be looking to invite people into this atmosphere, whether it's the overflow. Invite them into your home or your life group. Invite them into your world where the Spirit of God can just overflow them. Let's be prepared, not ill-prepared. There's living water. The oil will not stop while there's one empty vessel. I just know that this church is going to be full and overflowing. The only thing that we need to do is be prepared and keep bringing people, empty vessels, to be filled. That's the only thing that will stop the oil flowing if we stop doing that. How amazing is that? It's so simple, but it's so powerful. Thank you for joining us. The Bayside Christian Church community aims to transform our city and beyond with the life and power of Jesus Christ. If you want to know more or just keep in touch, check us out at www.baysidechristianchurch.com.au or follow us on our social media sites at Bayside Christian Church.